I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. We are going back to the high for season five of The, the Connor and Smith Show. Yes, that was really inspired. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Someone's really in the spirit today. Someone is really relaxing. relaxing. Yes. Um,. Well, it is, uh, the week is upon us, the Christmas week, the Hanukkah week, the solstice week is here at last. Yeah. Uh, it's going to get really cold in most of the United States between Wednesday and Friday, so keep warm, snuggle up and listen to uh, our show, and catch up with all of your friends from 20 or 30 years ago, depending, because um, we've got more coming up for you, including this evening's guest but before we say this evening's guest although you already know because you clicked on this so you saw the name i just wanted to thank once again all of our patreon supporters of our show uh we really thank you for your support it means so much to us um and uh yeah all those who are supporting do get exclusive content they get a newsletter they get all kinds of little treats magnets behind the scenes videos with us all kinds of crazy stuff we took them all to christmas town the other night and you're really currently helping us with another project that's happening in february yes yeah. helping uh roll out our orchestration and orchestra for that show coming up in february that we will announce soon so drum roll please today's guest is ryan williams all right, we are going to be right back after this break. That didn't sound, that didn't sound like much of a drum roll. I, it was on my leg. I know, but it just sounds so like, it is, but uh, Ryan Williams. Okay, so drum roll. <laughs> Ryan Williams! Clap, 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 clap. Okay, is that better? You like that better? I thought it was better. Okay, we'll be right back. In 1985, Tyler was meeting Justin at their favorite arcade, Longshot. Just as Justin was about to confess his love for Tyler, the world changed. Blending elements of 1980s pop culture and LGBTQIA fiction, we journey through this incredible experience that brings them closer together as they fight against a world trying to keep them apart. Listen to Longshot on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello? Hello. Ryan, can you hear me? I can hear you, yes. <laughs> Hi there, doing? welcome. Hi, thank you. Um, I, um, I'm Stephen Smith. I don't think you and I have met. No, I don't think so, but I do know you from Matt's Instagram. <laughs> yes, I am sitting here with uh, my husband and co-host, Matt Connor. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, Matt, how are you? Oh, who cares? What's going on? There he is. <laughs> We're also joined by our producer, Ryan Dean Halbrook. What is up, the Ryan? Ryan! <laughs> Hi, brother. How you doing, little man? Brother. My little Alpha Psi brother. <laughs> hey, Ryan, where are you tonight? I'm in New York City right now. Is it cold? Um, no, it's actually, it was actually nice. It was, it was a nice day. Uh, it's been raining all the past week, but I guess it's going to be 30 tonight. So, oh gosh, 
I love New York at the wintertime, especially Christmas time. Oh, it is. I just, I was on Fifth Avenue all day. I was shopping. I'm, I'm on a break. Um, yeah, we go, we're going to the West Coast on uh, San Diego and Sacramento area on the 15th. So, um, well, we always kind of start out talking about where everybody came from. I think I might remember that maybe I'm not going to, were you a military brat? I'm a military brat. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, big time military my dad was um career uh in in until the very they until they kicked him out i think <laughs> yeah how's your dad doing he he's excellent um he they're they're in florida uh my mom and dad are in florida retired um and he's he's doing well he he was one of the um miracles uh with the covid um epidemic or pandemic um, yeah you know i remember meeting your dad maybe once or twice when we were doing things at school and uh-huh and i i followed that story and i my heart just like sunk watching that and i'm so happy oh, that he well, pulled through thank you yes it was a lot of a lot of people uh sending some love and energy i think that helped him do uh do the impossible but he's he's good now. He's back. He's back to normal. He he had lost his leg um, uh, from blood clots, and uh, but he's fine. He plays golf uh, three times a week. So, <laughs> well, tell him that that crazy Matt Connor dude from college uh, is sending his his love. I will. I will. <laughs> so, Ryan, when you were kind of growing up, how did you find the the feeder bug? Oh. Um, it, it it's a it's an interesting story so my my father in i guess this would be my third grade uh was the aide to a four-star general in san antonio texas which uh made my mom have to be in in charge of this thing called the owc the officers wives club and um the national tour of hello dolly starring carol channing was coming to town and um, my mom got my third grade class to sing uh, for Carol Channing because the Officer's Wives Club was having her as a special guest to get some award on base. And um, I ended up being the soloist. <laughs> um, and it's a it's funny because I was introduced to Carol Channing, and she gave me a fake diamond ring because she sings uh, "Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend." That was her thing, and I told her, you know, thank you, and I loved you in the show. The only thing was, I had not seen the show yet. My parents had tickets to take us like that weekend, and um, uh, and my mother had already told. Ms. Channing that I was going to see it this weekend. So she looked at me and she was like, well, you're a little liar. <laughs> <laughs> you little liar. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, you're a little liar. Your mother told me you're seeing the show this weekend. You're going to call you Lion Ryan. So that was, that was my uh, introduction into theater. But no, I, I, but I did see the show that weekend. I kind of like, 
just really, I was amazed by the whole thing. And I got all that special attention uh, when she was on base. And I think that it just kind of gave me the bug right then. But I didn't, I, I didn't really pursue theater until college because I was, I was into like singing and chorus. I went to a, 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 a private school that didn't have like an acting or an arts program, but had a choir. Um, but, uh, but I loved, uh, you know, I was one of those with that generation that loved, I think it started with Phantom of the Opera and then along came Les Mis and all those big, uh, English, uh, mega musicals was what got me hooked. So where was that high school at? In Fayetteville, North Carolina. In North Carolina. So you were kind of near Virginia to maybe I, hear about Shenandoah? I was. Shenandoah had um, a had a reputation already for was was building a reputation for musical theater. And I remember I was I had a voice teacher that recommended it. And you know, when you're that age, like in high school, your voice teacher is everything. And so um, my mom and dad really wanted me to go to the North Carolina School of the Arts. Um, and I was hell bent on Shenandoah. And then Shenandoah gave me like that, you know, talent scholarship. And I was like, oh, well, I've got to go there. So um, that, that, that was how I chose Shenandoah. My, my voice teacher really loved Shenandoah. And I think it was the perfect school for me because of the size, um, the size of the class. And I wouldn't have been able to do the things. I think at that time, Shenandoah's program was kind of um, uh, still in development. And so we had rules to follow, but we were able to kind of push the limits, which I kind of got in trouble for a lot. So <laughs> pushing limits, I pushed the limits like my one man show. I believe I had I was just trying to fly somebody in Armstrong Auditorium and which would have been failed for what I did. <laughs> Wait, I don't remember that you were flying people. So my, I wanted to do like, uh, we weren't allowed to do rock music. And so I kind of just broke, I didn't ask, I just broke the rules. And I said, I, you know, I wanted to do this musical. Uh, it was kind of like a hybrid of defending your life and using sticks music. So, and that was a no-no. It all had to come from established theatrical stage shows. So I kind of like, you know, passed it off to Hal Herman that, Sticks did these um, uh, concept albums of Kilroy was here and that they performed them live in concert. So they were actually rock operas. And that's how I kind of lied my way through that. <laughs> but I just, I wanted to do so. I, I remember I just wanted to do something that had a through line. Everybody was doing these one person shows that had, um, uh, you know, a theme and uh, that just didn't interest me. I wanted to do like a story from beginning to end. And I wanted to use the music that I listened to, you know. I remember hanging out with you at some point and your, not obsession, but your idea about doing something with the wall. I wanted to do the wall. I still, I still do. I, um, I actually did 
the the developmental um, concert here with with um, with uh, Columbia artists for they were they were developing like a, a Pink Floyd kind of jukebox musical. Um, so that's as close as I came to that dream. But yeah, my I really wanted to do the wall. I remember it was back in, you know, because it's the musical, the mega musicals, and it was all about hype and everything. And I, I had it all pictured. I was going to have my, uh, the hype for the show where the advertising was going to be in Times Square, a wall was going to be erected. And every night at eight o'clock, it would, it would crumble. And <laughs> it would be just like an advertisement, a living advertisement. That's so cool. Uh, that never happened, but. <laughs> now, now, now we don't, they don't, I, the, the, the show that we got fully backed, um, there was full investment um, from the, from the demo concert. It was like a dream come true. And then COVID came and uh, all of the investors said, nah, I, don't know, I don't think we want to do a show about four guys addicted to LSD and one with schizophrenia. Um <laughs> kind of based is based in depression (laughs) (laughs) when did they when did he do the concert of the wall with the wall behind him that was live well there's live in berlin when the berlin wall fell down and that was the one that it was 90 uh, what was that 89 i think right i think you showed me that actually yeah yeah i i i was absolutely obsessed with it and then he just recently roger waters did another one um and it's not called pink floyd's the wall it's called roger waters the wall and um and that one's even bigger if you can believe they made a movie of it so you can watch it on netflix but um it's still I, that still would be my dream i was the, the happiest i ever was i think i and i told the the director this was doing all of the work for the wall leading up or, or dark side of the wall leading up to it in the studio every day going into the studio with the musicians it was just it was a the most fulfilling thing i've ever done and it was just one one performance but i wouldn't trade it for anything it was really pretty awesome what is it about the wall that speaks to you so much uh a big wall a great big, big wall. wall. This, well, it, it, I mean, there is a, there's a lot. Of um, I think that I love the fact that it is the story is kind of open to your own interpretation of what you imagine is happening. Um, and also the idea, just now knowing the, the whole backstory behind it and how it was developed and that Roger Waters developed kind of like a, a disdain for the audience um, and really would prefer it if he could build a wall in front of him when he performed. Uh, I just thought that was so cool. Like you, 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 you're so desperate for the attention and the need of, to be a rock star. And, but at the same time, you kind of want to separate yourself from that whole thing and just be, alone actually it was it's very very cool very depressing <laughs> but also it's it's big it's it's got huge rock uh you know the, the the pink floyd sound is just kind of at its at its most theatrical i think in the wall um 
and it's just it's something about it. it with a second you can just see it in your head as you're listening to it and maybe it's best that there that everybody can see their own wall i don't know that's instead of seeing one that is produced on broadway so but the the dark side of the wall the, what we were doing was more of like a story of the a non-linear story of the band itself mm -hmm. um, and it was pretty it was it was interesting it was it was it was out there man though it was <laughs> so were you playing a version of someone yeah i was i was roger waters and and then i was also sid um kind of like the voice in the back of everyone's head it, it, it's, it was it was really deep like the people had put a lot of thought into it it was it was that you have pink and floyd and roger and david gilmore and that without the two of them are successful on their own but without these two people it's it's not it's not pink floyd it, it takes these two it takes every facet of it and that's what they were kind of like um riffing on and 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 sid was kind of this ghost uh that was a specter over the group the whole time and especially over roger um and it's just kind of like a an angsty uh non-linear like look at the the way that the music was kind of developed and what it means to them and what it means to the fans and that's it. But it was, it was too. It was probably too deep. It would, it would probably have to have like a, uh, some kind, some kind of um, narration or something because there wasn't any dialogue or anything like that. But or like something really, written in the program, something like that. Yeah, maybe lots of um, video, um, actual like interviews with them because to have them speak to have any kind of scenery, I think would kind of lower it. Uh, I just saw a, a beautiful noise and I just I hate those concept, those like framework things that they do in these jukebox musicals. They use, they use like a, um, a therapist in, uh, for Neil Diamond in beautiful noise. And, eh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a device, but it just comes off sometimes as a little cheesy. So. It makes me wonder what I didn't get to see it, but what um, Bowie's Dark Star was like. Dark Star, yeah, yeah. That, again, something that that's like that, but that Dark Star is kind of like a piece of art. Um, but the 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 dark side of the wall was um, it, it was it was a very well done, well thought out kind of thing and it always made me think of what i when i went on a mat i ever I, I always wanted to have cirque du soleil like do all of the acid trips you know so it was like just giant spectacle and it was going to be totally immersive before everyone was immersive where the theater would be in act two when uh when it's taken over by the fascist dictator the, the as he comes down like they troops would come down the aisles and it's probably way too way too heavy for an audience yeah it could be way too real uh yeah yeah especially nowadays yeah yeah hey yeah, my... that's funny that you think of that that you think that you said yeah, i mean pink boy it was also bad out of hell too in college 
and look at oh, that. Yeah. That, that. That arrived. Oh, meatloaf. <laughs> meatloaf. Ugh. He just died, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ryan, what were some of your highlights in school before you moved out of school? You, I remember, of course, the, the big superstar moment with, that was amazing. Uh, yours too. So that that will always be. That was always be. That, that was a special. That was a special time. Um, How many summers did you do? I think I only did the one summer. I was there for one summer, um, in summer school, because I failed math. And, um, and I had to take this math course. And so I built all of the armor for Camelot. Um, because I really, I desperately wanted to be involved in this but I had to do this summer school thing. So I remember that I built the Mac Bosman had me out in the theater shop, spray painting these plastic things and putting together Pelinors and Lancelot's and Arthur's suits yep. of armor. I remember that, but I did the summer that I did was uh, let's see, Robin Higginbotham uh, choreographed Jesus Christ or uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, which I would go on to do a thousand times. Um, and we did Funny Girl, and oh, My Fair Lady, and one other one I can't really remember. And Joseph, but those were my summers. Um, I, I remember uh, highlights, highlights, my friends, um, I, I love scene study. I think back, I wish, I wish that I had taken advantage of it more because I was, I was in such a, I was, you know, able to do scenes with, um, uh, Jason Wooten and Mike King and, Kelly Atkins and I didn't I didn't appreciate it at the time but I I look back and I think of Mike Dion as one of the finest actors I've probably ever trained with yeah so um I think I remember you being in Beth Wentz's one woman show I was I was in Beth Wentz's one woman as was I I remember so this is this is crazy because I've always been obsessed with this ever since it happened but you know it might have been you, Ryan, that always used to share with me. Which Ryan? Uh, Ryan Williams. I, uh-huh. think, I think Ryan Williams used to always share with me or talk to me about like those those random obscure shows that, like you never heard of or sort of. Yes, no, that would be me. Yeah, and I, I remember go- in Beth's show, uh, like two songs from a show called uh, Napoleon. Napoleon, yes, I found that Napoleon. It was it was a Canadian production, right? With this beautiful music. Yeah, gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, I I would drive. I would take my car and go to Tower Records. That's right, you would. And and I would go on these these journeys because we had you know CDs, um, and it was the closest thing I think we had to Colony Records. But I remember I I I found. Uh, a Michael Ball show called Rage of the Heart that has yes. some really good stuff in it. Uh, Three Guys Naked from the Waist Down, which yes. uh, is, is, you know, that's a, a Michael Rupert show. It's, it's incredible. Um, and then I found Children of Eden on an LP with the original um, version of Lost in the Wilderness, which I think is better. But um, uh, I remember I had, I would have, I would go and that was, that was, like that was 
like like the best in the world. That was that was my favorite pastime was to just go to those places and look at those obscure uh, just stacks of CDs. And then when I got to New York and there was Colony Records, that was just crazy. Like you know, I feel like that uh, sense of discovery is kind of gone now in a way. Yeah. Well, I Google it, a lot. <laughs> yeah, Google, it's it's new. It, kids, I think, find uh, people put up their own work. Um, a lot of times, like, uh, I'm, I mean, that's how Joe Iconis and Pasek and Paul and everything, like, they, they, were, they were put out, like, a song that gained a lot of traction with theater, theatrical youth. And, you know, they would build on that. And that's, I mean, we got, what was that? show be more chill came from that i think right from like internet uh plays on youtube from people performing mm -hmm, songs. Mm -hmm. so i guess that's the new version of that um but they people have access to composers now that i how how would we ever have like contacted a composer? remember we just had right to get the uh the 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 licensing would send a sample. You had to pretend that you were like a theater that wanted to produce this show. And that, that's how I got Three Guys Naked from the waist down. Um, I got another one like that. I think Rage of the Heart. I think that's Napoleon, I think we had uh, transcribed. But we, you, we used to have to jump through hoops. We had to go to the library and just like put a record in and just listen to the whole thing. Uh, to try and find songs. These kids, they don't know how easy they got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I, I'm a, a physical media nut still to this day. Um, so, like, I still like finding those stores that still have, like, tons of movies and CDs and records and just browsing through all of that. And I still make discoveries, yeah. you know? Well, yeah, because if you go to see, if you go to look up, um, certain things on the internet like live recordings i was just doing this with meatloaf he had a recording called live around the world that has the best um arrangements of his songs i think and you can't get it anymore you have to like order the cd because it's just out of print and they, they just put out you know the new versions of whatever he has um just um, full disclosure ryan <laughs> Uh, we have two, two pugs, pugs, and they are uh, both oh! nuts right now. <laughs> that literally one of the pugs has grabbed Matt's scarf and is shaking it. He's basically Eddie. choking him. Look, it's Ryan Williams. Would you? <laughs> he is going. He's going to tell everybody in San Francisco, "You're nuts." Stop it! Stop it! San Diego. San Diego. Sorry. So, sorry. So, um, Ryan, you when you left. Uh, SU, did you know where you were bound? Yeah, I, I don't think that there was ever a question that I would go anywhere but New York. And to this day, I don't regret that decision. I, I, I've had like forays into other uh, forms of, you know, performance, whether it be like the concerts like I'm doing with this uh, Jersey Boys band or um, television, uh, I, I don't get any satisfaction, as much, I get some satisfaction, but I've fulfilled by, by 
theater, the stage, and that's just what, and, and I haven't quit yet, which I probably should have um, a long time ago, but I just, that this is kind of the only thing that I feel I can do, so. <laughs> I'm willing to, to stick it out while uh, we, uh, while we fix New York <laughs> a little bit here and get things back up and running, but uh I, I i think i moved here with with jimmy carruthers right after college we had a little apartment on the upper east side and i mean jimmy and i weren't really close in college but um you know we we became closer especially as we came to new york city and um that we we both kind of we we both did this new york thing together without any um uh, we we had no knowledge of what it was you just kind of got here and you knew you had to get a backstage and start going to these like open calls for shows and that's just we just kind of figured it out we didn't have nowadays kids are set up with these showcases they come with agents they come with their headshots i mean i didn't even i think that i was my parents got me a headshot with like some local photographer. I came to New York with this terrible headshot. Um, and uh, headshots back then actually were part of getting a job. Nowadays they're, you know, they're souvenirs. Of, yeah. They're unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. But now they want to know how many followers you have. And if you have a TikTok account. Oh yeah. Right. My, my agent just called me. He's like, I need more sniper bullets. Um, and sniper bullets are what they call, um, like if you have like a, just a little scene, a one minute and 10 second scene uh, of you being a mean cop or a mean FBI agent or a crazy person or, you know, white supremacist. These are all the things that I get my agents going, do you have anything of you being a white supremacist? Oh my God. <laughs> I need one minute and 10 seconds of you uh, spewing hate. Or you, I need one minute and ten seconds of you telling a joke, and I, that's kind of like what your your headshot is now, because video is so accessible to these casting directors. Yeah, did do I mind misremembering? Is that a word? I think it is. Um, did you do Starlight Express? No, but no. boy, did I want to. You wanted still, to, right? That's still my yeah. It was my dream show. I was a skate. I was an avid skater, avid skateboarder. I still skateboard to this day, like every day. Um, and that was just. I felt like it was my calling. It was my favorite show. Uh, that you've never seen, you know. <laughs> Is it still I, running in Germany? Yes. Yeah, and I auditioned for that. I auditioned for that production. It was like one of my first auditions in New York. And I remember Mike King told me, if you just look the part of a dancer, you know, you don't really need to, if you just go and you look the part of the dancer, they'll, they'll put you right through just because you're, you're a good skater. So I think I went like wearing jazz pants, leg warmers, like maybe a unitard. It was, it was, it was pretty ridiculous. I was cut immediately. But um, <laughs> that that is that was my unreached unreached goal that I set for myself. I was like, I am gonna. It was running in Vegas for a while. Um, they put out a tour. I think they did a non-union tour of it while I was out on the road with Les Mis. But 
Can you believe um, I've seen that show twice in London? What? Starlight Express. In London? Yeah. Oh, wow. Starlight Express in London. That's where they went around the audience, right? Yes. Or did, yes. Yeah. Yep. Saw it twice. Man, First time I That would have been dream come true. <laughs> well, speaking of dancing, weren't you in a national tour of cats? No. <laughs> you would never rum tum tugger. I was never tugger. No, that was Bobby. Bobby was tugger. Bobby was um, tugger. I was in Joseph for uh, in two tours of Joseph as the Pharaoh. So you, when you get to New York, what was your first gig? My first gig was the national tour of Zorba. And I was Zorba. on that Zorba. Yeah, I was on that. I was, I, I was on that for, um, I think four months. I, I, I auditioned for Zorba and I auditioned for Greece and I got, um, both. Um, but I didn't find out about Greece until I had already accepted Zorba. And there was like four months. Zorba was like a short tour. Um, but I did Zorba and then I, I ended up leaving Zorba early because, because I did not like it. But uh, and then I went to Kaniki and the tour of Greece. Wait, is there a so, song I'm thinking of that Chidi Rivera sang from Zorba about something about life? Yeah, life is. Life is the opening number. It's just, yeah. Life, yeah. Now that I look back on it, it was a, it's a beautiful show, and um, and I'm still friends with one of the guys uh, to this day. The, the guy played um, Nico, the lead. Um, yeah, but that was that that I had no, I was not familiar with the show at all when I got it. Um, I played the character of Pavli, which he dies at the end of Act One. He gets pushed off a cliff, and uh, it, it, he has like one, two scenes maybe with like six lines. It was the easiest gig of my life. <laughs> what, what is it based on? It's ba the Zorba the Greek, the the, the movie of Zorba the, Zorba the Greek. That's the, the book too. I think it's a novel. I've never seen the movie. It's zero and, more stuff. Uh, right? No. Well, ze no, it, it's um, uh, eight. I won't be able to remember it now. Zero was in the movie, right? Yeah. Um, it, huh. I'm on it. Uh, I'm on it. It was... Anthony Quinn. Anthony Quinn. Anthony Quinn, yeah. And so it, it really has a beautiful message. It's like a, I, we were doing these uh, uh, Greek folk dancing in it and stuff. That was it was it was pretty it was cool. It was my first like experience with uh, what a real stage manager does, you know, like and what how how uh, uh, how a show rehearses that's not at, at a college, you know, where you go to where you go rehearsal at night. And it was like my first, you know, like where it was my job, and I got to see what a uh you know the like the what the technical director did and uh, the costumes are we had all of that at shenandoah but it was all it was always the same person it was like um celia would do the costumes <laughs> dr albert would do the music or dr um laster um and then how Harmon would direct so it was it was interesting to see the new uh, all the workings of theater 
you've done you've done quite a many uh, shows going back into the same show like joseph <laughs> i developed a wheelhouse early on i got pigeonholed uh, you, you've and, done late well, Miz a couple of times right he, I, well, I did a tour for five years i think so that's a couple um, of times yeah that's a couple of times but i could have i could still be doing that show it's um so because you see a lot of the freaking country name me three places based on your touring that is a must go to town oh wow um is it charlotte north carolina or uh charlottesville is it charlottesville the old old town the old the one that's like a really old in south carolina I love that. That would be probably Charlotte. Yeah. Um, Alaska. Like <laughs> Alaska? I loved, I loved Anchorage, Alaska. Um, really? Yeah, I loved What do you Anchorage, do Alaska. in Alaska? I, well, we were doing, I did Greece and Les Mis in, in Alaska, and I would go snow skiing. Did we go to Alaska with Joseph? I can't remember. Um, but I would go snow skiing. It was the, it was the coolest thing. Uh, and the people love the shows because they don't get a lot, you know, or at least right. back back then they didn't. I get I don't know if they if it's more accessible now, but um, yeah. And we used to get a, a a week off because the show uh, would have to have if it didn't have two sets, like Les Mis had had two sets of sets, um, and yeah. one would travel ahead of the other uh, uh, so that it could play. Um, so, so that one set could be being set up while the other one was being taken down. Um, and if it didn't have that, you got a week off because it, you had to drive the set on this Alcan highway thing to get there. So, wow, everybody, everybody would love it when they were like, Oh, we're going to go to, we're going to go to Alaska. That means you get a week off. I think the shows have to like eat that. It's part of the, it's part of the uh, agreement. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. Did you ever get to see the Northern Lights? Yes. Shut yeah. up. Yeah. Does it look like magic fairies running around? It, it looks like magic. Yeah. It looks like um. It looks. It looks just like it does in the in the movie. In the pictures. It's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and then I really, really love L.A. I not. I don't love L.A. Living or auditioning. I love being in LA when you're in a show because they, it's just, it's kind of, they like the, you get treated a little bit better. You know, I wouldn't want to be in LA auditioning. Um, but when you're there with a job, it's really nice. And the Pantages is a beautiful theater. So, Have you ever been to an area of the country uh, that just really feels like, man, who cares about a show called Joseph? <laughs> Uh, uh, DC, no, yeah. DC, <laughs> Washington DC. We were at the Kennedy Center uh, with Joseph uh, for New Year's. I think it's like 2013 or 14. Yeah, I ran uh, into they, you at the canteen. Oh yeah. <laughs> and what did they no one come? They could no. They all came. They could have cared less. Um. It's just a bunch of rich people seeing a show, and they're they're just there it's, because they have to be. And it's Joseph. It's it's just. 
but it's an know, amazing it's, technicolor dream coat it's it is i listen i i it's 90 minutes long i am not going to complain i play i play a character that sings one song and you know basically walks away with the show so I, don't, I can't complain dc like audiences real, are notoriously like snobby though I yeah think. that's what i felt like we you were think not, so oh yeah that, yeah, it's overly intellectual. But if you're listening to this podcast, you're not one of them. That's right. We love you, DC. <laughs> we're we're living in you, but but we also know that you you kind of flick your nose at certain. Well, I don't. You think it's because there's a little bit of overlap of like political people going out and seeing shows, and it's not exactly a show town, but it really is yeah. a show town, and there's a lot going on in Washington. I'll, it's a song time the, and Shakespeare town. To speak for the theater, though, like the best the best stage crew and local uh, people at the Kennedy Center, the best, absolute hands down. My, the dresser there, oh, what's his name? Tyrone, or oh, Tony, Tony. Tony, if you're out there listening to this, you're amazing. Tony, you <laughs> Everybody were great. loves him. <laughs> and I'm bringing back my one man show, The Wall. <laughs> Ryan Williams. That's really good to hear just that, you know, uh, being a union guy myself, it's it's just nice to hear that you know you feel that way. That's good. Oh yeah, the Kennedy Center and, and the the National, where Les Mis would play always was the National. Um, it, it's, it was always a great place to stop. You always lost every single cent of your per diem in your housing, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it was always I, before because we we didn't have. Um, what is it? Uh, what is the app that you get like a, a house on? What is it called? I Redfin or uh, Zillow? No, no. Where you? Uh, Airbnb. We didn't have oh. Airbnb. So, um, wait one second. I'm sorry. I chat. Uh, yes. No. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, we didn't have airbnb so we would we would kind of people go on like newspapers and look for um deals <laughs> to stay in if you were going to a place like toronto dc boston you would get these you would try and find like a rental house <laughs> so that you didn't have to lose all of your per diem and right. dc was one of those ones where you i think we there was like a hotel in uh in dupont circle it's like an uh, an old art deco thing it was a really cool place that people would stay and um that was, that that was always the best memories of dc was where you would stay <laughs> was that the hay adams it might be yeah it's like an old an old art deco building and it's uh the furniture's all very uh, ornate, and it was. It's it haunted. Was, it's haunted. Okay. Yes. Well, suppose allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. Great. Um, um, the, the, I, 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 I didn't experience any ghosts. The Tower Records you would go to was in D.C., not the one in Virginia, right? I would go to. But that's the thing. I would go on these tours of like all of them. It would, I, there was one in downtown DC. There was one in Arlington, uh, at Tyson's Corner. Um, 
I I could have swore now that we're talking about this, I think there may have been a chance that I actually went with you once. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I'm sure I would always be looking for somebody to come get in the car and go on a road trip. Um I was I me and Joy Doing did it all the time. Um what uh, do you what are you on tour with right now? Uh I'm in a band called Under the Street Lamp, which was it's the original member of the four seasons from the Chicago company. Um, and so it's like the midtown men, but the Chicago company. And um, I took over the bass part, um, a very welcome change in my life, not singing in the stratosphere for <laughs> them because a couple of the guys decided to pivot to real estate and mortgage um, business during the pandemic. So I, I kind of, my, my, I did Evil Dead, the, the off-Broadway show Evil Dead with the guy who runs the group now. And he called me with this opportunity and I, I took him up on it because there was nothing happening in theater. We, like Broadway was so shut down and I mean, we're still not having in-person auditions really, but um I, I i enjoy it it's not my first love but it's <laughs> it's fun the guys are great uh so we're doing our hip to the holidays tour this is my second holiday tour with them oh that's fun yeah it's just doo-wop music and um our our audience is uh, people like my mother and father so <laughs> yeah 70s 70s and 80 year olds that come in. Now here in Washington right now, and I'm, I'm not being an expert about every single house, but it does feel like here houses, maybe it's not like this at the Kennedy Center, Ryan. So you can correct me on that. Halbrook. Ryan Halbrook. Yeah. But it does feel like our regional houses still aren't really up and running at 100% sort of audience base. It still feels a little dodgy out there. We, I, I did, so I did um, Jersey Boys this summer and performed, it was, it was sold out, but that was a, you know, mostly by their subscribers. Um, and that was in Missouri. And then I went and did uh, another production uh, of, of Little Shop in Michigan into a, a, a theater half the size. And it was, you know, the first three rows were the only rows that were filled. Yeah. <laughs> um, you were living, were, were you living in New York during the pandemic? I did, I stayed, uh, I stayed here for the, the whole thing. I left a little bit, I left for two months to go to the, the lake. My parents have a lake house in Kentucky and um, I stayed at the lake for two months, then we left, and that's when my dad got COVID when he went back to Florida. Um, I hear that when you go into Florida, everybody gets COVID. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was so afraid that I was going to give them COVID. We sure. Took all of these precautions. I had just had like surgery. Um, and so I knew that I didn't have COVID, and I rented a car and drove to the lake, and just because I knew that. That was, they, I was not going to give them it if I stayed quarantined in a car. 
and and then they went back to Florida and got it at church. Well, so, <laughs> um, but I yeah, I was here the whole time, and um, I live in a I, I live in um, a brownstone that used to belong to Duke Ellington. And oh wow! So it's kind of, it's like a it's, it hasn't been converted uh, to uh to apartments it's like a, a single family dwelling and i live on the fifth floor um but they were all so i had this giant home to myself it uh was new york like a ghost town uh, are you still there ryan got another call and I would put on like goggles, oh, and I would put on like a mask, and I would walk the streets looking for um, wood from abandoned construction sites because I built a gym in the basement. All right, Ryan, I have to jump in here. We lost you for a second. Oh, um, it sounded like maybe you were getting a call from the Germany company of Starlight. <laughs> <laughs> no, my <laughs> my best friend is... He's, he's waiting outside. I just came down. I probably lost you in the in the stairwell. I came. He's waiting for me. He came from L.A. Um, and and he's waiting I for am... you to finish up. No, no, yeah. Well, he's he's just coming. He's stopping by. We're gonna go hang out after this. But okay. Well, he's we don't like to go over. We don't like to go over an hour anyway. So we can wrap up your life and and, and... not his life. No, don't, don't wrap his life up. Well, I mean, wrap my life. Part of it. I, I I think uh, someone had asked, was New York like a ghost town? And I think you started to answer, but we only, we tuned in when you said gathering pieces of wood to build a oh, gym. Yes. Yeah, so, so it was, it was, I felt like um, uh, I am legend. Like it, the city was a ghost town. It was empty. No All shit. of the businesses were boarded up. I would get up every morning and I had a wagon and I would, this, we weren't even wearing masks yet. Like nobody, but this, there was still a question as to, you know, whether or not, um, we were still at like slow the spread for 14 days. So I had just finished doing kinky boots at the Fulton theater. And I thought we were going to go back to work. Um, but I started building this gym in the basement and, uh, because I, I felt the gyms would be closing next and I would go to, the, I carried my wagon and I would put on like goggles and gloves and, uh, a bandana I looked like something out of out of a sci-fi movie and I, I am wore, legend. Yeah, and I would carry this wagon and I would go to the abandoned construction sites and I would <laughs> I would steal wood and bring it down to the basement and I built a gym in the basement. I had to put floors down cuz the basement is basically like the bed of the Hudson River. I think this is how your book starts. <laughs> <laughs> My musical. Yeah, now do you still have the gym? Yeah. It's called Bunker Fitness. Okay, uh, your your gym that you built is called Bunker Fitness. Yes, it's called Bunker Fitness, and um, it, it's still in the basement. I want you um, to I'm... send a picture to Stephen, okay. so we can make it a part of the podcast. So when people listen, they will get a visual. Okay, I will send you Bunker Fitness. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know if you can patent this or not. Like it's it's Ryan's way of making fitness happen <laughs> like, like could we start like back next christmas a way that we can package up these ideas and people can buy your gym i would love it yeah <laughs>
I might lose you for a second as I go up. Did I lose you? No, still got us. Oh, okay. Um, well, Chad just got here. <laughs> hey, Chad. We're from... walking up the stairs. Chad from LA. Yeah. Hey, Chad from LA. Thanks for um, popping in. <laughs> you guys have fun tonight. Hey, uh, Ryan, thanks so much for um, talking with us. Uh, if you had to give us your top or maybe favorite couple of uh, things that you were uh, sort of streaming or that you got addicted to watching during um, COVID, what, what did you binge? What did I binge? Oh, man. Uh, well, I definitely watched the... Um, I'm sorry. I definitely watched Tiger King. I remember that. Um, I didn't watch a lot of TV, though. I watched movies. Um, but I, I did do the Tiger King. Um, that's how I, I didn't really watch a lot. I was, I remember just. He was in the bunker. Build, I, was in in, the bunker. I was building my gym. Yeah. You're building a gym. Yeah. I was building my gym and that's it. <laughs> once it was built, you were then working out. And then the gym Yeah, started. I would work out. And and like, I, would, I am so smart. And I lived in the gym every day. And I and I sat I would go up on the roof for uh I would go up on the roof for my outdoor time. Um we have like a deck on the roof. Um and I would sit, I would sit and that's how I got my fresh air and then I <laughs> would go back to the basement. Wow. <laughs> Before I go, I want to say that, I, that, that Donna Goldstrand just passed, and um, I feel I, like I feel like if I didn't mention that she was one of my favorite things about Shenandoah, I would be remiss. So, yeah, yes, yeah. R.I.P. Rest in peace, Donna Goldstrand. Donna sure. G. Donna G. Yeah, changed a lot of people's lives. Yeah, she sure did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ryan, maybe I'll run into you at Ariba Ariba sometime. Um, I would love it. <laughs> Okay, hold on I, I did that when I first moved to New York. I ran into you. I don't know if you remember. Alexa, turn on the theater seats. I just had to turn on the seats for Chad. There. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Uh, well, know, thank I... you, Alexa. Thank you, Ryan. Hey, <laughs> thank you, Chad. <laughs> yes. We love you. The next time you're in I... D.C., let us know so we can sit in the back and be rowdy. I absolutely will. I got to come see one of these. You, you guys are always performing at Signature, right? Uh, we haven't been there in a, since the pandemic, kind of. We, we, we were kind of writing a lot more because the pandemic kind of said, you know what, boys? Well, I definitely want to come down and catch one. I, I really would love to see, um, uh, what is the, the Ichabod Crane one? I, I, it's, so, it's so cool. What is it no, called? the one we just um, did. We just called it Ichabod. No, ne well, ne Ichabod, no, Nevermore. Nevermore, I want to see. I, oh, yeah, yeah. Nevermore's coming to Baltimore I, uh, in January. In January. Well, well congratulations. So if you see it, let me know. Um, I, <laughs> I, 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 I would not love... be going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, Ryan. Well, thanks so much for talking to us, and uh, don't be a stranger, all right? Of course, of course. And thank you, guys. It's a pleasure catching up. And Ryan. Yeah, man. Are you on Facebook? Are we friends on Facebook? Yeah, dude. I see your okay. uh, your jacked out body all the time. I'll, I'll okay. I'll make sure I check out. I didn't. I never. I follow. I see Matt uh, all the time and his and. Oh, I don't post anything. I, I'm just on oh. there. 
You just stalking oh, okay. Ryan's bunker pictures? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. You guys, thank you so much for including me in this. No problem. And, uh, wonderful having you, dude. Love you, Ryan. I love you too. Okay. Bye. 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 <laughs> bye, bye. Thanks so much for talking to us, Ryan. It was great to chat with you. Um, I was going to say catch up, but I had never met you, but Matt had and Ryan had, of course, the other Ryan. Um, So we thank you. It was nice to meet you in my case um, and hope you continue doing your thing in the basement with the fitness um, and everything else you're up to. If you want to learn more about us, please visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an E-R. You can also find us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Patreon under Connor and Smith. Again, Connor with an E-R. Please rate, review, subscribe to our podcast. It really helps us out a lot. Share it where you share things. Post it where you post things so all of your friends can see it and click on it too. On Um, the fridge? Well, I know on the social media, Matthew. I put post-its on the fridge. No, you do not. All right, so uh, join the Discord discussion. There is a page, uh, Discord page that is a little chat place for people who don't like to put things on social media. It's social media that's by invite only. Check out that Discord discussion in the podcast notes. Um, and I think that's about it. We're going to bring you as many... Uh, remaining SU folks as we can in the next uh, couple weeks before the new year and then we're going to also schedule some new interviews and get some new stuff out so the SU train is not slowing down anytime soon we have lots of people coming forward we have lots of people um, excited to talk so god we've had two two interviews in this one day so it is all happening and thank you for coming along on the journey we'll talk to you some other time bye Bye.